millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, that's that. NXT TakeOver 36 is well and truly in the bag. And if, well, word is to be believed... That's that. That's probably the last ever version of NXT TakeOver in this current form, in this current iteration that we're going to have. And if that is the way this whole thing is going to go out, well, it went out on a bang. We had new champions crowned, we had scores settled, and we may have just seen the last ever appearance of a certain Cole, baby. But there's no time to look into the past, even though it was like two days ago. It's time to look into the future. And if Nick Khan is saying that this is this bold new era that we're going to see in NXT, it's time to upset some downs on the latest episode of NXT to see what in the hell is gonna go down with our black and gold baby. I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling and oh yeah, let's do this thing. And to kick off this week's show, for the first time, I think, ever, we're going to get going with a yellow highlighter of the week. Yes, the first segment of the first thing in the first show got a yellow highlighter. It was just, well, it was just that kind of week. Because Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase showed up in a limousine. They'd obviously been partying for two days straight because Cameron Grimes is your new million-dollar champion, baby. And the two hit the ring. Cameron Grimes had pyro, like the nice, sparkly Randy Orton pyro. is really cool. They got into the ring and Ted DiBiase was like, right, you may have been wondering why I came here in the first place and the truth is, I was just trying to find the person to carry on the million dollar legacy, which is pretty much self-explanatory if you've been watching the show over the last couple of months. And then Cameron Grimes confessed that, yeah, maybe it did go to his head a little bit when he first started getting a bit of money. He was obviously the doge father. But then when he was scrubbing toilets for LA Knight, he realised he came to his senses and thought, you know what? I can't let Ted DiBiase end up in this situation. I gotta bring home the gold. I gotta bring home the legacy. I'm gonna be a new man. And there wasn't really any much more to this to be honest like money started raining down from the sky they started laughing they were just having a great time and it was just a nice moment of the baby face getting to the top of their mountain and having a jolly good time and just completing the redemption arc it was great it was lovely it's obviously all got an up because it got the yellow highlighter of the week up it was a good start to the week but then smacking us in the face with the thing that I love more than life itself you know violence it was Rich Holland and Timothy Thatcher they had a match and it's of course going to get an up and just a quick sidebar I am 
absolutely adore Rich Holland's entrance with all the smoke, his little flat cap, his nice little club, and all the smoke. It was just, it was great. The music, I loved it. The atmosphere that was built with this guy got to the ring, I was like, he must mean business. And honestly, Timothy Thatcher was not messing around here because the two of them just got physical very quickly. It was like they were trying to take each other's heads off with every single uppercut they threw. It was just uppercut, uppercut, head, head. It was crazy. And honestly, they were just clubbing each other and slamming each other. There was a point where Rich Holland just picked up Timothy Thatcher and threw him at the ropes again. It was like getting two bricks and just throwing them into the air and just, just watching, watching the carnage just... It was, it was pretty, but violent, violent, violent. And I guess the narrative all the way through this is that Timothy Thatcher wanted to use his technical prowess to really isolate the limbs and the ankle of Ridge Holland, but it didn't really work out that way because Ridge Holland is an absolute beast. And in the end, after a massive slap from Timothy Thatcher, which could be heard around the world, Ridge Holland fired up. He went Super Saiyan. He headbutted Timothy Thatcher, then hit him with like a, a slam driver thing for the win, but he was not finished there. Everything just evolved into a big brawl. He started beating up Tom Mass. So Champer and Tommaso Champer, they started beating up Pete Dunne, they're all scrapping. But then, out of nowhere, Danny Birch returned. He's obviously been on the sidelines for a long time, and him and Oni Lurkin never lost their NXT Tag Team Championship. So I hope this now means when they're back together, they can go chasing the gold. And if you listen to their promo later on in the night, it looks like that is on their minds too. Then in the closing stages, Pete Dunne just had to restrain Rich Holland from beating up Timothy Thatcher any more than he already was. Like, this guy is a bull, you cannot just let him off the reins all the time. But it just looks like this faction is something quite interesting. You got two bald dudes with beard. I have no idea why I relate to them. But then you just feel like they could beat up and batter any faction on this brand right now, which is great. You need that kind of force. We've not had one since like the Undisputed Era, so I'm interested to see where we go from here. Carmelo Hayes had an interview for his NXT breakout tournament match later on in the night, and he felt very confident. He knew that it was the biggest match of his career, but this confidence was earned out of the fact that he'd worked his ass off to get here. I believe in him. I kind of hope he does it. A quick index interview backstage. Mackenzie Mitchell was congratulating the happy couple on the fact that they got engaged last week. He won't spend too long on that. But then she was asking, oh, when's this wedding actually going to happen and then Dexter Loomis pulled out like a hand-drawn invite gave it to Mackenzie Mitchell and she revealed it's going to be going down on September 14th which is a couple of weeks away from now and then Indy did this weird like lean back thing where she was waiting for a kiss Dexter obviously didn't read that because it's Dexter Loomis he's so oh he's so kooky and strange let's move on women's tag team action on the horizon it was Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter taking on Gigi Dolan and JC Jane I really like this match it's going to get an up because in my opinion we do not get enough proper show case matches for this women's tag team division right now and this was exactly that both teams came out of it looking pretty good better than what they did going into it but it was obviously Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter with their chemistry that was built up over the last couple of months who had a bit of an advantage coming in oh yeah and just to note this JC Jane made just have the most savage cannonball I've ever seen Kevin Owens be warned like, there was lovely moments for both teams in this match. There was a point where Gigi Dolan just launched, I think it was Caden Carter, straight into JC Jane's boot. I loved it. But in the end, it was Caden Carter and Casey Gattanzaro that came away with the win after the best finisher in all of NXT right now, that flipping 450 netbreaker thing that they do together. It was good stuff. Then they jumped onto the announce desk and they were like, we need a title shot. And you know what? I think they do deserve it, but mostly because we don't have enough solid teams in this division right now. Raquel Gonzalez had an interview. She Obviously came out of TakeOver 36 with her belt still intact. Her reign still going strong because she beat the Kodakai. But the big takeaway coming out of that match was the fact that Kaylee Ray suddenly popped up and stood on the ramp and was like, me, you, we're going to have a match at some point. So obviously that was the question on everyone's lips. She was like, I don't really care if it's Kaylee Ray or it's anybody else out there. I'm just going to beat them. It's what I do. So Frankie Monet popped up and was like, oh, I don't wait in line for title shots. I, I cut the line. They let me in because that's my that's my shtick. Premieres. Woohoo. But in all honesty, if Frankie Monet suddenly gets a title 
title shot, even though she's not really been that successful since joining up with the Robert Stone brand, it'll all look a bit strange in my point of view. A quick Kaylee Ray video package highlighting the fact that she is the longest reigning NXT UK Women's Champion ever! Oh, she was going to have a match straight after. Before we could get to there though, Odyssey Jones had his breakout interview and he pretty much said the exact same thing Carmelo Hayes did about this match being the biggest in his life so far. And uh, even though I am rooting for Carmelo Hayes, I sort of really like Odyssey Jones because he just seems like a really genuine dude. He's, he's probably fallen into this wrestling business but feels like he could really get to the top. It's a tough one to call, but call it we will. And then guess what? We're bringing it back. <laughs> Because we did have Kaylee Ray's first match as part of the active NXT roster. She was taking on Valentina Ferros with all the feathers. And you'll be pleased to hear it was a juicy squash. Because Kaylee Ray looked like an absolute monster. She ragdolled, she yanked Ferros' arm nearly out of its socket at one point. There was like a, a face slam suplex that she did as well, which looked particularly horrendous. I really like this girl. I think she's going to fit in just fine on this roster. In the end, though, she came away with a victory thanks to a big old gory bomb. She gets all the grapes because I can't find a melon anywhere. What is wrong with me? A quick backstage segment involving Gigi Dolan and JC Jane having a little conversation with Mandy Rose, who was like, hey guys, come with me. I will sort out everything that's going on in your lives right now. I'll stop you losing ways because I am an expert in this kind of field, which made me think, wait, wait, why, how? Because Mandy Rose, if I remember rightly, on Raw and SmackDown was not very good as part of the tag team division. Her and Dana Brooke had a horrendous, horrendous record. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens here. Your new reigning defending NXT champion made his way down to the ring. It is Samoa Joe. Carrying Cross now wears a gimp mask and shows up on Monday nights. And he pretty much just put over the fact that he beat the most dominant NXT champion in history at TakeOver. He made him his bitch. And he was like, well, who's next? Like, I get stared down a lot, but nobody stood in front of me. Come on, guys, what you got? And I'm paying off some long-term storytelling because you'll remember we talked about it week after week after week. Pete Dunne just likes to stare at Samoa Joe. Pete Dunne was the first one out and he was like, you think you're the baddest man in all of NXT? And, well, he's not because it's Pete Dunne. <laughs> and just when I thought, yeah, great, this is where we're going to go. We're going to have Pete Dunne, Samoa Joe. No, 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 no. That's not what we do in NXT. Because the conveyor belt started and we had all the contenders that suddenly feel like they deserve a shot. They all started showing up. We had LA Knight who had lost two nights before. He'd lost his million dollar championship. He suddenly felt like he deserved a title shot, which made no sense at all. Kyle O'Reilly then limped out and he was like, I actually won my undisputed saga ending thing last takeover, whatever it was. So I deserve my title shot and I thought you know what that actually that makes more sense than Dunn or LA Knight yeah give him the shot but before we could get too invested in that Rich Holland showed up and beat the living piss out of Kyle O'Reilly then after that Pete Dunn started fighting with like Tommaso Ciampa I believe everyone just started scrapping people just kept showing up and fighting and in the end Samoa Joe beat up LA Knight they were just fighting and fighting and more fighting and then Tommaso Ciampa was stood in the ring next to Samoa Joe and he like stared at the belt so I was just thinking who in the hell is the number one contender for this title you can bet your ass you know what's going to be coming very soon we're gonna have a number one contenders big multi-man match that will be on the horizon but with the talent we've got here just on show i'm a little bit excited about that so all in all yes it may have felt a bit tropey and a bit tired but we just saw that it's a wide open game really for the nxt
360 Championship, and that in itself gets me excited, so we're going to give it up. And then Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes were back, or rather they were leaving because they went out to the limousine, the million dollar limo, and Grimes was seeming like he was saying his goodbye to DiBiase, which got me a bit emotional. I was like, oh, he's, he's helped him on his journey, but now he has to wave him off, and he gave him his million dollar championship. He was like, this is not mine, it doesn't belong to me, thank you, I will carry on your legacy, but I don't need the belt. He gave it to him, but then DiBiase was like, no, I'm going to give it you back. But no, he did not actually give it him back because he's a wily dog, this guy. Instead, he gave him a replica belt because that's just what Ted DiBiase does. And like Cameron Grimes is like, this doesn't feel right. You damn DiBiase! But he didn't scream this time like he did all those months ago. He said it with a twinkle in his eye. I just... <laughs> I love the progression. I love where we've come, how far we've come. NXT, you know what? You did me. You did me right there in the fields this week. And then Kyle O'Reilly responded to the fact he was beaten up by Rich Holland by slapping Duke Hudson in the face. That that made all the sense in the world. And as you probably guessed, next week, they're now going to have a fight because they started scrapping backstage. He was like, I want you. So Regal was like, you get him. And speaking of Regal, he was ringside after this because we did have the final of the NXT breakout tournament. It was Odyssey Jones taking on Carmelo Hayes. And, well, it's no surprise here. This match is obviously gonna get it up. It was Powerhouse taking on High Flyer. It's just the kind of stuff I really get excited about and it didn't disappoint because Kamala Hayes was trying his best to, to work out, to, to break down Odyssey Jones very early on with kicks and chops and Odyssey Jones just kept swatting him away because he's a big dude. But as things went on, Kamala Hayes actually did manage to grind down Jones. He had him on the floor in like a headlock at one point for a really, really long time and I was like, is this is this the way this is gonna go? He's just gonna, he's just gonna grind him into the floor, into a paste? And that was pretty much his entire tactic, just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Jones in the hope that he'd stay down, but but he wouldn't, because this man is a freak of nature. Even after taking his high-flying, like, axe-kick leg drop thing that he always seems to put people away with, he got up again, he kicked out, so Camilla Hayes went for the second one, missed, and got splashed. But said Splash was not able to seal the deal because Odyssey Jones got a little bit too cocky with his pin. He was like, I got him already. And then he got rolled up with the crucifix and Carmelo Hayes came away with a roll of victory in the final of the breakout tournament. I know that sentence doesn't sound very good. It sounds like typical WWE just, just copping out with a roll up. But here it worked because Jones looked inexperienced. He got carried away with himself and Hayes, Hayes was savvy. He used his brain, not his brawn and got the job done. And just a little note as well. When we got down to the ramp and like Carmelo Hayes was interviewed asking, oh, are you going to challenge with your NXT Championship shot? And he was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to tell you just yet. My mind just went off and thought, well, if you don't go for the top title, what in the hell were you doing this for, really? Like, you, you've got to go for the big belt. You can't just go, oh, you know what? I've just gone through all that hell. I'm going to go after the Cruiserweight Championship. That's not a knock on Kushida. It's just, you know, you know my point. Pete Dunne and the gang had a little promo segment. They were on this show a lot this week, but I loved them, so I'm not really going to complain. Pete Dunne was saying he wants the NXT Championship. Only Larkin, Danny Burch said they want the NXT Tag Team Championship. And Rich Holland just wants Tommaso Ciampa's head. Then we had Boa. You remember Boa? We've not seen Boa in a bit. Guess what Boa did? Boa got beaten in a minute. Down. This was looking like it was just going to go in the standard direction of a Boa match right now where he just pummels everybody. Mei Ying does like a weird thing, spits venom at people, and then he wins the match. That's, that's the way it was going. But then Mei Ying stood up and like made a gesture, and then Boa was like, I understand the gesture. And then Zion Quinn, the guy who he was against, obviously this jobber guy, out of nowhere just hit him with a forearm and pinned him. That was it. Game over. And then after this, the commentary team were like, oh, Mei Ying's not going to be happy about this. And I was like, she was the person who distracted him. What is going on with Tian Sha? Look, I get it. Zaylee's injured right now. She's on the sidelines. That's not great. Not good timing. All the rest of it. But we must have better plans for this team than just like focusing solely on Zaylee. Like, is there no other direction we can go? And that is the case. Maybe it's just wiser to keep them off television because this is not a good look. 
And then it was time to step into my office because Johnny Gargano had a thing or two to say to William Regal. And more specifically, his first line earned himself a nice whopping 75% on the Garganometer because he said, where there's a William, there's the way. You get it? Oh, I love a pun. And Johnny was pretty much saying that he needs to stop this wedding happening. Like, we can't have this wedding on NXT. And I was like, yeah, Johnny, I relate. I empathize so much, man. Johnny is the baby face we all need right now. But Regal was like, nope, I'm all for love. They found each other in NXT. They're going to get married in NXT. So I hope to God that William Regal is the priest. He marries them or else I will riot. LA Knight then suddenly walked in. He was like, I'm really annoyed that Samoa Joe attacked me. And Johnny Gargano was like, he didn't knock. And then they started squabbling. They get thrown out. And now they're going to have a match next week. Like that, that's, that's all you need to do to get in a feud with people nowadays. Just shout really loudly in an office. Malcolm Bivens had a really cool little diamond mine segment after this where he was in the mine. He was in the gym. Like you could see all the, the pads and the, the boxing bags and everything else. And he was like, right, I'm going to show off right now the fact that my client is giving a masterclass right now in grappling, wrestling, and he's going to have an open challenge next week to prove that he's more of a champion than Kushida is. Even though he doesn't have the belt right now, he will one day. And before long, it was time for the main event of the evening. It was Hit Row taking on Legado del Fantasma. And I am so so conflicted about this because the match I loved it the match is getting an up but the finish it's going to get a down I would explain all because this thing's been simmering and bubbling for weeks and weeks and weeks right now we've seen masks burned we've seen grills popped out of your face we've seen fights outside and people get Rey Mysterio lawn darted into shutters it's been insane so as you'd expect Legado de Fantasma came straight out of the gates they didn't even let the bell ring and they were beating up top dollar there was just loads of carnage on the outside and then eventually the bell did ring and we got underway Really quickly, in terms of this match itself, just in isolation, Adonis, Ashanti Adonis is my MVP because there were some monkey flips he did here. It looked like he was going to kick the person through the roof of the CWC. The guy is a freak. And there were a number of just insanely cool moments in this match. I had Top Dollar do like a, a triple... I don't know what it was. It was like a triple-headed thing. We threw Santos Escobar over and then did like a, the world's strongest wasteland, according to Wade Barrett. It was just a freakish, freakish show of strength. And then Top Dollar also did a flying senton onto the field on the outside. Actually, you know what? Scrap what I said. Adonis was great, but Top Dollar was my MVP here. But this was all leading to a bit of a hectic closing stage because B-Fab distracted Santos Escobar. She like grabbed his heel just as he was looking to, to maybe seal the deal for Legado. And then behind her, Electra Lopez just popped up. Like we've not really seen much of Electra Lopez. She just popped up and she was like, hey, hey, distraction, distraction. Then she hit B-Fab with a lead pipe. And then Electra Lopez threw the lead pipe into the ring and like Swerve Scott was like, oh, I'm going to do with this. We can't use this. This is going to get me disqualified. And then he got rolled up for the win. And it was a roll up, but it was a very different kind of roll-up to the roll-up that we saw in the breakout tournament so this kind of roll-ups obviously got down it earned the down that we're going to get for the closing stages because it felt like it just rendered the match a bit obsolete we've not really worked anything out here we've just added like an extra unit to legado electro lopez which is great it's even the odds yeah cool we can have a another like mixed gender tag match down the line but it just felt like you'd wasted 20 minutes watching this match because you were like well it was it was a cheap finish so it doesn't make legado look stronger and it makes like hit row look weak i don't understand why we do these things i'm sure the feud will continue which will be grand and my goodness we don't get to a North American Championship match between Swerve and Santos sometime soon I'm gonna pull what remains of my hair out
But the match leading up to the finish was pretty fun, so I've no doubt that they will deliver something good down the line, but in terms of the ending, it just it left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I don't like doing that. I'm going to end this week's NXT ups and downs on a bit of a downer, so like the show itself, it was it was okay. In terms of a follow-up to TakeOver 36, it wasn't anything special. I don't think we've seen any, any massive grand changes like we were promised. Obviously, they're going to be coming over the next couple of weeks, so they weren't going to do them all in one night, but the future looks bright to a certain degree because you've got Carmelo Hayes winning the breakout tournament.